Good morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. I'm Amy. And I'm Andy. It's great to be here with you today. Absolutely. We're so thankful for you out there watching and participating with us online this morning. If it's your first time, a special welcome to you um, as we continue in our Brave series this morning. Absolutely. Thrilled to be here with you, and we're going to jump right in. We've got some really important things to talk about as it pertains to convictions and boundaries, and we're going to be speaking about those as it pertains to really establishing a healthy family with firm foundations in Jesus today. And so before we get into that, let's let's rewind the clock a little bit. For those of you that are watching um, right now, think back to, you know, when you were a kid. Um, the reality is all of us have those kind of awkward moments where you just kind of stand out. You, yeah. you don't fit in super well. Yeah. And I have to tell you that I had maybe a lot of those moments um, <laughs> as a kid. And uh, I've got some photo evidence here. Um, but the reality is I had so many moments where, uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, I I wasn't really fitting in super well. I mean, ch- uh, tube socks all the way up to my knees, jams. I don't know if you remember jams if you grew up in the 80s. I was the kid who wore jams way longer than they were actually in fashion. Jams are like big shorts. Yeah, they were like big long shorts. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> I had these tube socks pulled way up. I had jams on and I had a Michael Jackson like thriller jacket with the jams with the jams and the knee high socks okay watch out guys <laughs> so i'm at the bus stop right and imagine andy not understanding why people continue to look at him like he's a weirdo right <laughs> the reality is this um i had so many moments whether it was my hubble space telescope glasses yeah. that i wore um or my outfit where i just didn't naturally fit in and the truth is while maybe mine was a bit excessive, I think we all have these moments, right? Where you look back at those pictures and you think to yourself, what, what were we was thinking? I doing? What was Why? I thinking? How did my mother or, or father or whoever let me out of the house looking like this, yeah. right? And we can laugh about it. Uh, we can laugh about kind of just what kind of the cultural fads were at the time. But as we talk about something more important than just fads, right? Cultural values. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting into today this idea that um, there are going to be things that that you do as a Christian, as somebody who's establishing foundations in the life of your family that hopefully are centered around Jesus, Yeah, that are going to have you standing out, uh, that are going to have you, well, I'm standing out is just the best way to say it. Yeah. You, you're going to stick out sometimes like look a, a little different, <laughs> maybe like a sore thumb, not because you were, you know, thoughtless in terms of how you put your, 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 your wardrobe your together, on. your jams on. In <laughs> fact, it's the exact opposite. You're standing out honestly because of the intentional thought really that good. you're putting into seeing your family grow and become more like Jesus. That's right. That's so good. I love that. And you know, we've been talking about Daniel this month. We've been talking about uh, just his bravery. And so today we're going to actually jump into Daniel chapter 6 and mm-hmm. a little context for what's happening. Um, Daniel has been now working for the king for some time, and he has received such great 
accolades for just his work ethic, mm -hmm. his wisdom. Like the king loves Daniel. And so these guys get together yeah. and they basically say, we're going to put this into practice. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to They're make trying it, to lay a trap for Daniel. They're laying a trap for Daniel. They go to the king and say, we want you to put a decree in that if anybody prays to God, um, prays to anything other than our God, they're going to get thrown into a den full of hungry lions. And so we pick this up, you know, a, a small consequence. So in Daniel 6, uh, verses 10 through 11, mm -hmm. these, these men have been working to get Daniel trapped. And here's what happens. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God mm -hmm. for help. The yeah. men knew that Daniel lived in such a way, so strong with his conviction of yeah. spending time with God in prayer. They knew that they would get him. That's right. And so they caught him praying. And then if you go on to read it, we're not going to get into the full uh, chapter, but when you go on to read this story, it's just incredible. He gets thrown into the den of lions, but God protects him and saves mm -hmm. him. And so Today, we really wanted to talk about, you know, the lines that Daniel had in place. What does that look like for us? What lines are we not willing to cross in the context of uh, parenting and, and mm -hmm. raising kids and, and to yeah. become adults? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's really great. So, I mean, the question for you is what lines won't you cross? Yeah. We can see throughout the book of Daniel his lines, right? We've spoke. Talked, preached, shared about him last week and the week prior, again this week with a different encounter. But it's important for you to know as we read this moment that Daniel could, he could have just let this go. Yeah. Right? This is one of those things where, I mean, who would have really known? You know what I mean? Like, okay, so you're not allowed to pray. Like, it's just, it's one of those moments that he could have just kept privately and been like, okay, you know what? No big deal. His friends wouldn't have known, his right. family, you know, I mean, nobody around him would have known, you know, about the line that he wouldn't cross, so to speak. And I think this this tells us so much about Daniel's character and yeah. just who he is as a person and someone right. that loves Jesus. Right. And a lot of times, the places where you need to contend in your faith, right, um, feel like things that just aren't that big of a deal. I want to say that just one more time especially in recent years, mm -hmm. we, the, the church and Christians at large, many times we have glorified the things that don't really matter. And we have, we've ignored or reduced the things that really do. Yeah. Right. And what we do in terms of building our families and creating lines that we simply will not cross is incredibly important. Right. We're talking about boundaries. And as I mentioned last week and the week prior, these boundaries, these convictions, the purpose of them are to help establish a healthy relationship with God. It helps yeah. protect your relationship with God. So Romans 12, too, as we begin to get into some practical things, the writer Paul says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed, meaning there is a pattern that the world has of just doing things, of living life. 
And in this particular case, as we're talking, there's just a pattern of how families exist, how they live, how they grow. And you can kind of just go along with the current, mm -hmm. right? And just do what everyone else is doing. Or you can be transformed in not only what you think, but what will result in transformative mm -hmm. Actions as well. Absolutely. I want to have a transformed family by the power of Jesus Christ. And so mm -hmm. that means that I can't just check out and do what the rest of the world is doing. We need to look at the patterns that the world's established and make sure that they line up with what God says. And if they don't, then this is where we have healthy boundaries Absolutely. and convictions, places we just won't cross. Absolutely. So today, whether you're a, a parent, a grandparent, mm -hmm. uh, maybe you're not a parent at all uh, and you serve in kids ministry, you serve at a school, uh, you essentially are pouring into the lives of the next yeah. generation. So this message is for everybody, everybody. today, not just parents. So everybody listen up because today we're going to go through four things to do that require bravery that will help your family build strong foundations in Jesus. Love it. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about this morning is church involvement. Church involvement. Boom. Okay, Prioritize so, church involvement. Now, obviously, we are in full-time ministry, so we Surprise. are our, our Sundays look maybe a little bit different than other families, they but... Do. Don't, don't be deceived. Our kids are like every other kid in mm -hmm. the world. And they're like, why do we have to get up early today? Why do we have to go? The <laughs> yeah. questions. And if you have little ones getting out the door, getting to church, sometimes it is, it is a workout just to get to the car, let mm -hmm. alone get into the church building and, and be right. part of service. And so why is church involvement important? Why do we get our kids up and get them through the doors? Here's why. Uh, for historically speaking, when we look at the church, we can look at this year, 2022, and we can trace it all the way back. The persecution, persecution of the church has gone on for years and years and years. And it's not because the people individually believed, you know, in the privacy of their home and, you know, you know, had their faith in God. It's because they gathered together. There was power mm -hmm. in the gathering of believers. We see not only is their faith increased, not only are they encouraged, but when we talk about the scripture saying, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers of darkness. Something happens in the spirit when we come together as believers. Did you want to add to that as well? I mean, well, I'm, we'll just drive it one step further. Yeah. You know, the, historical church has Christians, Christianity. I mean, nearly all of the apostles died for their faith. Nearly all of them. Yeah. Right? Um, historically speaking, we've seen, I mean, men, women, families die for their faith. And that happens still today. Mm -hmm. But even though Daniel, the story we just read, is a little bit of an exception in this moment, the reality is most of these scenarios, you're not getting persecuted because you simply believe in the privacy of your home that right. Jesus is who he says he is. Right. That's not what people are persecuted for. That's not what people are even losing their lives for. People are losing their lives because they are contending to meet together with the church. Mm -hmm. That is where the oppression comes. That is where the, the enemy wants to stop you, Right. right? Belief is one thing, and you need that. But understand, 
There is a power that comes when the church gathers. Yeah. And that Paul and the writers in the New Testament, why do they spend so much time talking about being unified as a church? Right. Right? And to resist division in the church because there's power in the gathered church coming together, worshiping together, confessing the scriptures together, being encouraged together. You cannot get it anywhere else. And even though you're watching online today, and I love that you're watching, understand if church just looks like you sitting on your couch from now until Jesus returns, you're not getting the true experience of what God intended Mm -hmm. when he gave his life for the sake of the church. You need a church that you are flesh and blood engaged with, right? Right. In small groups, life groups, some kind of real relationship, not just a screen where you're seeing a recording of a sermon. Right, and that is, I mean, you actually can, you can participate in groups, and that's one thing that we advocate for. Don't just give your Sunday morning, you know, okay, well, we did that check, no, get in the church, get yeah. involved. And so how do we shape the perspective of, of, of our involvement and our excitement for being part of the church to our kids? Mm-hmm. We talk about how much we love it. We enjoy yeah. it. We, we get sure to go. We don't have to go. We get to it's go to church. We get to have summer night events. We get to have life groups. We get to have, you know, a 10-minute power cleanup because we have a life group coming to our house in just a few minutes. 10-minute power cleanup. (laughs) There is a revolving door at our home with just people, right? There is. But we have the ability, you have the ability to help shape the perspective of getting up and going to church. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go. You get to go. We look at what people experience in the persecution of getting to go to church we don't experience that here in the West. Right. This is this is a privilege to get to do together. So we're taking a lot of time on this because this is a cultural shift that's right. happened in the past 20, 30 years, right? <clears throat> but and this is very touchy and I get it. I, I get that it is. Yeah. There are a lot of things now that compete for the gathered church coming together. Mm-hmm. And you know what, what we have seen pastoring, right? are things like sports. We've got kids that are in sports. We get it, right? Mm -hmm. But whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's band, whether it's, you know, uh, the endless amount of weddings and parties (laughs) and all. I mean, there are a thousand and one things, right, right, that are competing for your time, specifically your family's time on Mm -hmm. a Sunday morning. We we know it and we get it. One of the boundaries that we've put in place is that if this thing right, is, is consistently competing, right, for, for our kids or yeah. for us to be unable, right, to be with the gathered, mm-hmm. the gathered body of Christ, yeah. then we are thinking really hard about whether or not that's for us. Mm-hmm. And it's, you're going to have one-offs. You're going to have random things. Right. You're going to have the random sports tournament. But if our kids and our family, if it looks like the priority is sports above church, gathered together. Sports can be anything else. Band. Yeah. Music. um, Any other extracurricular thing. Sports is an easy one because it's so prevalent right now with families and kids. But if that trumps... You know this this area, then then it's a no go. It's a hard right. no for us. We, would we just, just say no. We would just say do whatever it takes to get yeah. get your family to church. We know schedules change and people navigate that. You mm-hmm. know 
you have different seasons. Do whatever it takes to get there. Do whatever it takes to get them to that group in the middle of the week if there is one. Mm-hmm. It's invaluable. I mean, it's so valuable. Yeah. So valuable. So that's church involvement. Let's go ahead. Can we move on to the next point? I mean, there's so much to say with it. <laughs> there, there really is. The whole sermon could be just this. It really could. I'm going to, I'll jump back to it okay. regarding the LifeWay study and some research on families who have kids that are still involved in church. I think okay. it's helpful for us. Yeah. And it'll it'll jump back to that first point a little bit too. Perfect. So church involvement. The mm-hmm. next one is discipleship at home. Love it. This can look very, very different for families at home, but you know, much of discipleship is helping form and shape your kids. Your teaching them the differences between right and wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But what we don't want to do is just say, hey, don't do that. That's wrong. Or, hey, do this. This is right. We want to tell them why it's right, why this is wrong. Why do we choose? We want to give them the why. We want to have that conversation. When they're two, you can't really explain it too much. But as they get older, (laughs) you can can begin explaining those things to them a little bit more uh, detail. A little bit more uh, why. But a couple things that we do along with that is um, we would say worship music is a fantastic thing to have on at home in your car. Um, it's amazing to me. I guarantee you if I were to if I were to ask Andy right now to sing a song that he heard his parents play in the car or at his church, he could do it because I can I have album after album in my head and in my heart of songs <clears throat> that that I grew up listening to. Not just like secular songs, but like songs that even as a kid I didn't know. Yeah. Were it was the Bible, like but He'll just bust out in like a hymn. I was singing scripture and didn't even know it. I'll bust out in a song that that I've heard. I'm like, you've never heard this? This is what we heard growing up. But it's amazing. My parents probably never thought, Amy's going to remember this when she's 38 years old. And here I am. And I can still do that. But the point is, is that what we listen to in the car, like you can be intentional. Mm -hmm. That's discipleship. You know, we love listening to pop music and and different bands and things like that. But there are days that I'm like, no, we're we're gonna listen to this, and it's amazing. I'll hear my kids actually singing it. That's right. Out of nowhere, like in the house, and I'm like, yeah, there you go. I hear you singing Jira. Okay, um, but worship music. So the Amy's kind of just going down with with yeah. like what we would call like pro tips on yeah. discipleship, right? But Lifeway research, Lifeway, uh, the the Christian book um, company. Sorry. They did a big study with 2,000 families recently on on kids, families who have children between the ages of 18 to 30 who still Mm -hmm. profess to be Christians and attend church. And they wanted to find if there were any common denominators with families that did this, right? And there were like four or five things. And one of the things that was a common denominator was instilling Christian music with their kids. Yeah. And it's not just the static, oh, like, you know, mercy me, you know, or whatever, right? <laughs> it's the it's the idea that you're driving the truth of Scripture into their little hearts. And this is what we want. Right. Discipleship <clears throat> for many of us, let's be honest, discipleship with kids and family many times begins and ends with establishing rules. Mm-hmm. But what we're really after is shaping the heart. 
Absolutely. Right? We want to see these hearts shaped to become more like Jesus. And some of the ways we do that is by creating a, an environment, right. right, that really fosters that. Absolutely. So worship music, Lily One. What were some of the other things? Um, we love the Jesus Storybook Bible for the younger mm -hmm. ages. And it honestly, I still pull that out. Our kids, our youngest is in kindergarten. Our oldest is in middle school. We still pull that out around like Easter sure or uh, Christmas time because it's just so simple and so clear. And it, we grow from reading the children, these children's Bibles. True story. Um, that's a great resource for you. I would also say um, the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I have to, I have to put a plug in for this. This has been one of the best things I've stumbled across this last year, um, just as a mother. And I've shared the podcast with Andy, and it's I really share. Good. I tell everybody about it. It's a, it's a couple of counselors based in Nashville, who are believers who can talk from a counselor's perspective mm -hmm. and speak to things. So I would say that, you have something to add? Well, yeah, I, I want to reference back to that study because many of us want to know, like, well, what were more of those things? Yeah. Amy referenced the Jesus Storybook Bible. The number one thing for families to instill healthy foundations that continue for years to come is teaching your family to read the Bible. Yeah. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? right? But many times we don't. As parents, right, it's easy to not read the Bible. And if we're not reading the Bible, how on earth are our kids <laughs> going to read the Bible, yeah. right? And so cultivating a, an environment where you talk about the scriptures, like you, you literally talk about it. Yeah. You make it fun. You know, you, you, you do something over dinner, you know, and you get people talking about it. And... What's what's interesting, what didn't make the list was like youth group. And and we're all about having an incredible youth group here at High Point Church, but understand that simply having a dynamic youth group experience wasn't one of the anchors that kept people coming back. It was all the things that really got to the heart of yeah. of your family and your children. Yeah. Music, right? Worship which is really mm -hmm. worship. That's what we're talking about. Worship. Reading the Bible and prayer. Those were the top three things. Yeah. And the fourth one, which we already mentioned, is you just going to church, yeah, right? But not just attending, serving in your church, involved. being involved in your church, not just a warm rear end in a chair, <laughs> right? But literally you're involved in the life of the church. Yeah, Those four things were pivotal yeah. for your family's longevity in the faith. I loved that. It's so good. And, you know, we have two more two more things that we want to highlight today. And again, these are just these are just some things that we have seen over the years in ministry that we've put into practice that we've learned from yeah. uh, that we really just felt the need to to bring to your attention today. So we've talked about church involvement, mm -hmm. discipleship at home. And the next one we want to talk about really I think is a massive one and that's just technology and oh. raising kids. This could also be its own message, in our opinion, because yeah. um, we there's just so many deep insights into this conversation. But today, we're just going to bullet point and highlight some things for you that we put into practice that we suggest doing at home. And um, for yourself, not just for your kids, because but for you. Because remember, we want... To see, the goal is to see what is produced, right? We want we want to protect our relationship with God. 
technology is a massive thing that could be a blessing <laughs> or a curse. Everybody experiences, everybody deals with technology. Yeah. Okay, so some things that we put into place in our home is when we introduce a phone, um, which is middle school for us, when we introduce a phone, we have a phone contract that we have our child sign. And it is, but you know, there's a lot in there. But what we're teaching them is number one, just the responsibility of it. And also, we're lending you our phone uh, to use. And if you breach this contract, that phone comes back to us at any time. It is not really your phone. <laughs> we have it is our phone. Exactly. We have unlimited access to this phone. This is our phone we're letting you use. Um, in the context of that, we don't introduce social media. We haven't introduced social media yet um, to our to our kids. Um, I know that that's a decision everybody has to make on their own. But gotta, this is where you've got to have the lines. This is where your boundaries. You've got to establish is. those. For and you. so for us, we ours is way further down the line. One thing from my podcast that I recommended, the counselors suggest: don't be the first and don't be the last. And I would add to that. Explain that. Meaning if every, you know, if the trend right now is this new app that just came out and everybody's getting it, well, don't let your kid be the first one to jump into the pool. <laughs> let it, let some time go by and, and kind of mm, get some studies great. out for it. Let, what are the reviews? What, what, what's the trend here? What's being allowed? What's mm -hmm. not? And then you can decide, okay, you can have this. And when you do get an app, you get the app too. You have yeah. access to the password. Like, that's something that we just... So don't let your kid be the first. Yeah. But also don't let them be the last, right? You don't want them feeling like, you know what I mean? Like we're Your kid doesn't want to be the one in jams at the bus stop. With a <laughs> Michael Jackson jacket on and tube socks up to his knees, okay? Don't do that. Don't do but that. But these are super helpful things. <laughs> um, and I, again... For the sake of time, I'm just going to bullet point some things for well, you. Well, this is important, right? And and I'm going to I'm going to pass it right back to her, okay. to to Amy. But moms and dads, a lot of what we're talking about is is parenting, you know, family boundaries as a at a young younger age, mm -hmm. right? And the reason we're talking about that is because this is this is where the primary shaping takes place, right? Is here, and yes, you you shape them as teenagers as well. But much of that is already coming on the heels of what you have instilled at an earlier age. God's grace is bigger. Mm -hmm. Thank God, right? So maybe you're like, I haven't done any of this, or I've blown all these things, or I'm not done any of. Them. Yeah. Well, here's the great news: Jesus is bigger than our biggest mistake, right? Or lack thereof, or ignorance, or right. we didn't know. And you need to know we have blown this, made thousands of mistakes. I mean, scores of them. We're yeah. not doing this perfect either, Absolutely. right? We need Jesus in the heart of our homes. Mm -hmm. When it comes to technology, I can't tell you enough how important it is to instill into your children that technology is a reward. It is not a right. And you do not have the right to any of these things, which which produces this kind of, you mm -hmm. know, like you owe me this, you yeah. know, and the, an entitlement and understand something. You don't owe your child anything as it pertains to technology, right? It's true. It's a reward. Yeah. It's not a right. Okay. I'm done. No, it's good. What you had to say is, I mean, that's 
what we're getting into here. It's it's a reward. Yeah. And you know, with that, we don't allow unrestricted access. You know, right. to devices in any context, but we especially don't allow phones in bedrooms. We don't have mm-hmm. Wi-Fi TV, smart TV. Like, yeah, our kids we just don't keep have... everything central in the house because, you know, yes, we give them the liberty to play certain yeah. games or to watch a funny YouTube show because that's the thing now, yeah. right? YouTube is more popular than shows on Netflix for teenagers and, and kids. However... You don't have the right to just go off into some random corner of the house and just watch YouTube whenever yeah. you want. That just does not exist in our home. Right. You have to have permission to be on the internet doing something. So to close even just this point, I would say don't be afraid to move slow. Mm. So good. You don't have to be fast in this. You don't have to be last, but you can move slow and take your time. Pace Mm -hmm. yourself as you pace this. I mean, and let your kids know, like, look, we're pacing ourselves because... We have these boundaries in place. We're here to to help you learn to make wise choices. We're trying to make wise choices along the way with you here. So they see mom and dad, aunt, uncle, you know, mentor doing this at a slow pace. Then they they can learn from that. Mm -hmm. When they become adults and they're no longer under our care, we want them to go, I can move slow at this. I don't have to feel rushed. I can take my time. So- and then the last thing we want to talk about today is just discipline. Discipline in our home, <laughs> discipline in mm. general. And the word discipline can sometimes have a very negative context, but it's actually a really good thing. It's a really great thing. Um, yeah. Proverbs 15:32 says, "Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding." I love that. Proverbs 19, 12 in the message says, discipline your children while you still have the chance. Indulging them destroys them. Meaning you give them what they want, you're going to spoil them, and it's going to turn them into something that isn't great. Again, so, our responsibility is to shape their heart. Absolutely. Now, okay, I'll share a story where Go I ahead. just yeah. blew this, right? Because... We've messed up in this area. Yeah, I mean... A lot. Your your kids, like you want, you want to build and establish trust with your child... Like, that's a good thing. You want yeah. open communication. And I had literally, <laughs> I had literally just talked to my oldest about, you know, language, some things he'd heard at school. And, you know, we having an open conversation. I'm literally in the closet, like, hanging up clothes and putting them, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hey, you can talk to me about anything. And, you know, you have any other questions? <laughs> and he says, he says, Dad, What's this mean? And but and uses it right in such a manner, and you know it was like it was it was off the charts cuss cuss word that he'd heard at school, right? Like red zone, and I was so unprepared for my little child and those words coming out of their mouth. Yeah, that I literally just immediately just swatted his behind. After right? you gave and I literally had just was like, you can talk to me about anything. And and <laughs> he looked at me with shock. I looked at him with shock. And then I was like, I I'm so sorry. I was like, I I was so taken back by what just came out of your mouth. I I didn't react right. I just told yeah. you say whatever you want. I was like, let's go sit on the edge of the bed. 
and let's talk about all yeah. this. And I promise you, you can ask me about any word that you want <laughs> with no consequence, right? Oh my gosh. You, we just, you have moments like this, right? Where you just, <clears throat> you know, you, you, you don't do this right. And I didn't, I didn't do that right. Yeah. I just, I like spontaneously just combusted right on my own kid, <laughs> right? I, I didn't expect it, what came out. It, it happens to everybody. <laughs> it happens to parents all the time. Um, I have many moments that I'm not going to share with you at this point, but just know this. Remember, we're talking about, um, we're not modifying behavior. We don't no. want to, that, that's, that's just going to be an outcome that comes naturally. But what we're really trying to do is get to the heart. We're trying to get to the heart of the child because we want to see them. We're raising adults. We're raising people who are going to yeah. be released into this world. And that's exactly and, right. And we want them to know how to live with healthy boundaries for the sake mm -hmm. of their relationship. Help us with some practical ways we can actually do that. Okay, so honestly, it's very, we sim to simplify this for us today, mm -hmm. when our kids show disrespect, if they're defiant, um, if they are disobedient and they're just not doing what we're telling them to do, we absolutely have a consequence in place for those things. That's not okay in yeah. our home. That's not okay biblically, it's and it's not okay in our home. We follow through with that consequence, but then we follow up with them and we help bring restoration to them. We help bring uh, hope to them and say, look, just like you messed up here, I've messed up. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not perfect and you're not perfect, we need someone who is perfect, who can heal us and bring yeah. and forgive really forgive good. us and so that's where we introduce jesus that is full circle discipleship you're not modifying just the behavior you're not giving just mm -hmm. the consequence we're pointing them to jesus you're pointing them back to jesus and i don't know a better way to end this today than to just be reminded of that mm -hmm. our kids are gonna mess up we mess up and we all need jesus but if we put these boundaries in place it at least helps us learn how to make those wise choices and who to run to when we mess up. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah. You guys, we were so thrilled to have been here with you today. We hope this has been helpful for you. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like <laughs> drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Um, and we realize there's a lot here. There's a lot of nuance here. And you might even have some questions coming out of this. We just kind of went down things that we know from pastoring are big challenges, issues, points of conversation, and we went there, right? We've hit them quick. But if you have more questions, you need some help with some things, here's what I want to invite you to do. You can message us on Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, our High Point Church Instagram. You can do it on Facebook as well. Also, really easy way, if you go to highpointatl.church um, from your phone or from just your laptop, um, what will pop up is a little, how can we help you bar, right? And you can literally right then and there, yeah. type a question or a message uh, to the church. We'll get it. Just and let us know. Yeah, if it's pertaining to any of these things, we'd love to just help you take your next step in establishing really great foundations in your home and your family uh, for, for loving Jesus and following Him. Absolutely. With that, next week we're going to be talking through marriage and great conversation as well. So guys, we hope you have a great Sunday and we'll see you next week. See you next week.